You're listening to Market Interviews with Ruben Wolf, where I talk to seasoned CEOs, startup founders, and domain experts about the inner workings of the market they operate in. The show aims to spark inspiration and seed ideas in entrepreneurs that are the ones advancing our society and keeping technology moving forward. Today, we're talking to Jasper Burko from Mio.de. Jesper, could you get us started by telling us the core value proposition of your business? Sure thing. Thanks again, Ruben, for having me. So we've built a safe communications platform for the elderly care space. So we connect caregivers with the families of the people they care for. And now it's growing more into an entire ecosystem where it also connects all the stakeholders and service providers that are surrounding the care ecosystem. So be the laundry provider, be the physiotherapist, um, they all communicate over Mayo. Okay, so uh, prior to the existence of Mayo, how were they doing this? Well, we really operate in in what can be considered to be the most sort of traditional market. Uh, So really it was pen to paper or fax. Uh, it was a lot of phone ringing. So uh, in order to get uh, a recipe uh, to the uh, something to the pharmacy, they would fax something in order to give a complaint to the laundry provider who's lost some clothing. It was also a fax. Um, and the, the relatives, not only was it difficult, but they really didn't know anything. If you didn't live in the town where your grandma or granddad or, or mother or father was being taken care of, the likelihood of you really not knowing anything of what was going on there every day was pretty high. So unless you were physically there, there was almost no way for you to get information about how their well-being and what they're up to and what they need. So would you call that as, so is the problem that you're solving really on the uh, the patient slash family of the patient side, or are they kind of your, the end customer that gets the value, or is it still the the, the clinic? Well, we got to convince the clinic, of course, it's a B2B SaaS, so they are paying for us. Um, and at the end of the day, our first value proposition is clearly to the caregiver who gets to sort of bundle all this communication, which otherwise is very sort of left and right in one place. It's very safe data security wise because they don't need to use their private WhatsApp or whatnot. And also they get to decide when to communicate. So otherwise it's very reactive. They get called or if somebody comes through the door and they kind of just pull them aside and say, could you could you give me a minute here? And with Mayo, it's they're in control of when and what they want to communicate. And also, um, it gives them recognition. So they get to show what they do every day. Uh, in Germany, at least, the German care market, and the tabloid newspapers make you believe it's, it's everything is so bad and, and people are doing a bad job. But at the end of the day, they're really pouring their heart out. And we give them a, a platform that allows them to, to really show uh, what care is really about. And they get a lot of recognition and, and, and thankfulness which I think really boosters their confidence and their uh, yeah willingness to work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can definitely get that going from traditional communication to digital communication that's always logged. And I guess, it, so there's also a, a moment of going to asynchronous communication because it's, so it's not, I guess in my head, I would think of like a ticketing system, like in IT, but it's more like a, a messenger, I guess. It's almost more like a social media. Um, so it's it's a lot of picture and 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 sort of video and media based um, around the life of the senior in the care home, but also sort of organizational things like um, making an appointment with the doctor, um, telling the physiotherapist when to come, telling the relative to please bring a jacket. It's cold now and he hasn't gotten one. So 
it's both between sort of organizational but also social media but again very much the caregiver being in control so the relative only has very limited functionality to make sure that the caregivers aren't sort of annoyed in their daily work yeah no i mean i can definitely see how how this could work out so how do you see the growth happening uh, do you i mean do patients or families of patients ask for something better or is it also it's really all on the clinic side and you have to do you know typical b2b uh, you know calling up every clinic and and asking them to use your software i think we're still relatively small for the time being i think it is the, the classical b2b way but we do already notice that sort of relatives approach us and say i've heard about your product i think it's great could you maybe contact my care home to make sure that they implement it and so there will at some point with more recognition uh, on our side there will be a pull from the relative side which will allow us to target them more because really i think the especially after covid they demand more information and uh, i think their their need uh, for transparency has risen so significantly that uh, they can almost build up a certain amount of pressure to the care homes which will then benefit us right because in germany they had rules specifically forbidding people from coming in or i mean the the rules were always changing right but uh, in moments there was like no one comes in or just one person per day or week or something like this um, no ruben it was really as you say correctly in germany we had several months of of care homes being entirely locked out for the outside world so you had really terrible stories of of people dying without having their families around them having sort of their last christmas their last uh the last birthday and and simply having no way uh, and means of communication uh, let alone seeing anyone so uh, we existed beforehand and and uh, we will exist after covid but of course it gave a lot of sort of yeah media spotlight on this topic of of loneliness um of the of the seniors in the care home which um hasn't been the way before so that has clearly helped us in in the long run yeah it's not super relevant for a business but i'm just interested uh, do you know what what percentage of the seniors also participate like in the app they have the app installed and they can use it uh, i know i mean normally you know fingers don't work that well anymore but i'm just interested unfortunately i mean you have um, in, in stationary care it's it's uh, you have about 60% who suffer from from really uh, strong dementia so for that percentage it's it's almost it's simply not possible and then as you clearly say sort of the yeah the problems of aging don't really allow you to uh, to function a phone anymore and that's really where we come in it's it's assisting them in this type of communication because they can't anymore for themselves but uh, and i really like to see this we we have uh, the, the odd influencers of of seniors who who still are able to and they they absolutely love it so i would it's in the single digit percentage but um i think this number will grow because people do come into care care homes be more technically adapted and, and also having having kind of the ipad uh in their luggage so it's i really hope that this percentage will grow because i i it's my favorite content is definitely the one that the seniors create themselves yeah yeah yeah, I mean it's definitely yeah, depending on on the ability it's uh it's still possible with large enough buttons and different uh possibilities for input methods. So uh, let's maybe take a minute to talk about your context. So uh, it sounds like you're exclusively in Germany. Are there particular regulatory approvals that you had to 
go through before you could you could go to market? Uh, we're actually also in the UK and uh, Austria and Switzerland. Um, we moved into the UK um, also in the time of of um, the the pandemic because borders weren't an issue anymore. We did all sales uh, from our Berlin office, so so that allowed us to to move into different markets. But as you clearly say, the data privacy topic is is one that's that's really key and 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 one of our main. Uh, selling points, um, and that is more so a case in Europe. And luckily, the European sort of data privacy laws are the same all across. So, as far as the regulation goes, as far as uh, moving, yeah, into different markets in Europe, there was nothing else we needed to do. But to even move into the market in the first place, uh, it really took us uh, a long time and jumping through several hoops and and having uh, getting several sort of certificates. To give our customers the, the the confidence that a small sort of company from Berlin is is dealing well with this very very sensitive data and uh, yeah so we manage that and that's really one of our high priorities for sure. Um, but uh, was it required by law for you to get certified, or it was just a, a thing that you want? It was. It was. Um, we're not a medical product since there's no such thing as a diagnosis done. Even though we do video calling uh, also with doctors, but um, there's no diagnosis being done, so we don't have to have a sort of medical product uh, license. But there were certain certain licenses that we needed to undertake around sort of data privacy. Um, there's a German thing called the TÜV. Uh, you probably don't know it over there, but that's something we we had to we had to get to even be allowed to go into the market. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I want to ask more things about your product. Uh, so I'm also just, yeah, I'm wondering about, so you also advertise a video calling feature. I don't know, maybe just tell me like a little bit about how that's different because so with, with my grandmother, yeah, if somebody goes to see her and then, uh, you know, if I go to see her, then I'll often do a video call with, you know, someone, but I guess not everyone, um, just to to give that additional, you know, bring someone in, because she can't do a video call herself. Uh, so is it on the video call side, essentially the same as doing a WhatsApp video call, or is there something special that you've tuned for this, uh, for the use case? Well, it's, it's of course very comparable, but one thing we got from all uh, customers that we, we kind of uh, contacted that tried out video calls before we had it ourselves during uh, COVID, they said, well, we like it, but honestly, uh, we cannot have people calling us constantly, kind of interrupting other calls or or potentially uh, confusing people or, or just making the caregiver very nervous who feels like they need to pick up. So uh, one feature that I would argue is different uh, to, to many others is the fact that only the caregiver or the care home themselves can, can, can start the call. And then uh, the relatives can only pick up when it's kind of a good time for the care home and not the other way around. So that's one thing that that is different, and I think that's that that goes across our entire app. So there are so many things which might look similar to a social media interface, but at the end of the day, they're very different because they're very tailored to this, yeah, quite specific market. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, okay, so let's get back to uh, back to business. We we said traditional B two B sales. So how did you get your first customer? Well, it's actually maybe. Going back a few steps, but uh, I, I have a business background. My co-founder Felix uh, also he worked for Blackstone uh, Real Estate, and and we said, man, let's let's just do something else with our time, something more impactful. So we we went into a care home in Berlin and asked if it was possible to do an internship there. 
And man, they, they, they're really cool. They're like, yeah, no problem. Monday, 6.30 a.m., you can start. And uh, so we quit our jobs and did that for six months just to, to I don't know, do something else and, and see something else and do something with our hands. And, and um, we were lucky that the care home, by chance, that we worked in at the time, really listened to us and, and kind of had similar thoughts to us that, man, you're doing such a good job here. Why don't you show it a bit more? And so they actually became our first, uh, one of our first investors, which is one of the largest German yeah, medicine or, or hospital chains. And so they were very, very key for us to develop the product very close to the, to the employees. And so they also became our first customer, which was absolutely key to have them as sort of a reference. Um, I think that opened a lot of doors. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the coolest uh, first customer stories I've heard uh, because I mean, it's all about building trust and often you just hear people, you know, they got some investor from some accelerator, this or that. But I mean, you guys got on the ground six months of actually doing it. I mean, that that builds trust like you. You're not just some, you know, VC funded guy that wants to to make money. You You went there first. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks a lot. And it's 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 it really is the truth. We didn't go there wanting to to found a business. It, w- it was absolutely. And for a long time, I think we almost like kind of fought the thought because we're like, man, are we really going to get into care and build an app? Because we had no technical background or anything. But it was so apparent. And these guys said, look, we've really tried this often, and it's just never worked. Because we, I mean, we do care. We are not technicians. So if you guys are up to something, like we'd like to to help you. And so we just gave it a go. And um, yeah, I think it was a, a the best decision I took uh, maybe ever. So that's yeah, very cool. my, wife, my wife is not going to like this because uh, I just got married, but the second best decision, let's say that. <laughs> nice. So how many customers do you have this year? 20 and end of 2021. Uh, end of 2021, we are uh, operating in uh, just under 250 care homes. The majority clearly being in Germany, but about 30 in, in the UK. And we actually started the year with just under 90. So we, we almost tripled uh, our amount of customers, which uh, is, is great. I mean, it, it, it yeah, gave us a lot of problems also operationally to, to onboard all these clients and to make sure that they're running well. But uh, I think the team did a, did a great job to really automate our processes and, and do everything from, from Berlin because we weren't allowed to go anywhere. So that really- how, many, how many patients does that end up being for? Well... I'm terrible at math, but um, so it's it's about it's about twenty thousand patients or or seniors in that case, yeah. Um, and then they have on average like I think two point three uh, something relatives, so family members who who are connected to the system. And then there's like other players, you know, the physiotherapists, and that they also play a role, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, so what's what's like the average uh, contract size? for one of your customers. So it's really great. I mean, we we also this 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 trust that we were able to build up with with having I think very good clients at the beginning uh, allowed us to or at the beginning we were a bit shy only doing 12 months contracts. Now we signed 36 months contracts. So on average a ticket is about $12,000 I'd say sort of per customer and um, since we only really exist for uh, 2 years in the market we haven't really seen any churn because there was only very little possible to also give that remark. But so, yeah, well, you can have churn in one year. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah, fair enough. 
if you um, if you bill monthly, then you can have you can have churn. But but yeah, I, in Germany, I think billing, well, in generally in B two B, billing uh, billing annually is uh, is normal. In the cloud space, it's get, it it got a bit uh, not normal again. But yeah, uh, very cool. So I mean, you don't have to confirm this, but like, so you're in in the millions in in revenue. So yeah. that's yeah, quite exciting. When did you guys start? What year did you start? So I, I think when, when like we did the internship in 2017 and uh, we got our first funding sort of March of 2018. This, and that was the time where we said, okay, let's, let's give this a go and not just make this kind of a, a pet project. Yeah. So beginning of 2018. Okay. So then, so it was all VC funded? No bootstrap? Um, well, at, at the beginning, this, this, it was really the strategic partner, I would say. And then we, we had a, we had a round of, of VC funding and then um, just sort of, yeah, about a year ago, we took on board like the, the oldest German impact fund because sort of the purpose-driven part of us is, is something that's very close to, to my heart. So we wanted somebody to, to lead us there also. So it's, yeah, they're also, of course, a VC, but an, an impact fund. Yeah. So, so how much VC money did you do total right now? We raised just under 5 million euros. Nice. Crunch base, very much not up to date, as always. <laughs> and, and that's all VC money, or have you gotten any grants that like are you know zero equity? Uh, that is entirely uh, VC money. Yeah, well, there's got to be grants out there for you. I know. I mean, we're, we're kind of, you would you'd think that topic is, and, and we're looking into that actually next year. It's, but I don't know, it's, it's a very tedious project. Uh, yeah, no, you got to get a grant writer. And I mean, They'll take like horrible percentages, but it's worth it in the end, else you're not going to write anything. Yeah. Oh, good. For, yeah. Thanks for the heads up, Ruben. I'll let you know if, uh, if uh, we, we get some funds there and uh, it was your idea. So <laughs> nice. Okay. And then last question, uh, how many employees do you have now? We are about 22 uh, employees. Sorry to say about because we we have sort of uh, just a few started this month. So, but yeah, we, I think we're twenty two. Yeah, very cool. All right, well, that's about it in terms of time. I mean, Mio sounds. Uh, yeah, I think anyone listening to this probably has uh, a family member that's in a care home where they would love to have better information. I know I keep seeing WhatsApp group chats here or there that have some information about my uh, grandparents, but yeah, having something organized. Um, I could definitely see the value for for the patient uh, patient's family, and yeah, I mean, you guys have the growth numbers to show. The market agrees, so uh, it's very exciting. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah thanks a lot for coming on the show. If if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best uh, method for getting in touch? Uh, the best would be my email, I guess. It's is Jasper J A S P E R at myo. That's M Y O dot D E. Cool. Yeah. Three letter domain name. Also good. Yep. Very proud of that. Very proud of that. Hey, <laughs> it's been fun. Thanks. Yeah. Ruben, thanks a ton, really. It was a lot of fun speaking to you. Cheers.